Come on, can you honk for the one who changes lives? Come on, give it up for King Jesus. Jesus. Man, man, it is so good to see each and every one of you. Uh, man, I, I don't know, just today, isn't it amazing to experience the hope of God that in this place, even though it's raining, even though there's been this physical distancing, that we can come together and still experience the, the power of believers worshiping one God with one voice, that God is in this place. Man. I, I just, I want to say a huge shout out. Can you guys tell the dream team and all of the volunteers who helped to make this happen and Ray and all the production company and all the, how much you love and appreciate them and man, thank you. Rain or shine, it doesn't matter. Here we are bringing hope to those that need hope. And so it's been a great, great morning so far. I also want to thank Representative Stevenson. He's right up here. Representative Stevenson, thank you for helping to make this happen. We appreciate you. He has uh, really been the point of contact to help me get this opened up, connected with the college, and just been, since the first moment he heard about this, an advocate to make it happen. And so, Representative, we just want to say thank you. Again, tell him how much you appreciate him. Tell him all the way in the overflow. Let me hear you honk. <clears throat> Mayor Benton, it's good to see you, Mayor Benton. Mayor of Rosenberg right here, thank you for helping to make this happen. We appreciate you. Can you give it up for Mayor Benton? We appreciate you. We love you guys. And then I know Commissioner Morales is watching online. He couldn't be here in this moment, but Commissioner Morales, can you give it up for Commissioner Morales? Thank you for making this happen and opening up those relationships. And then the one we want to give it up that's greater than all of those is Jesus. Can we give it up for Jesus? Can we just, like, it's all about Jesus. <clears throat> Come on. When I was deciding what, what I was going to wear today, I called Brian Sosa and, and him and his brother have a print coming. I said, hey, man, I just need you to give me a shirt hot off the press. And the only thing I want to promote is Jesus. That it's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. And it's always going to be about Jesus. It's all about him. And so today... You know, as you gather here, really the heartbeat of this Sunday of Hope was to gather our people together as a church. I miss you. I can't believe. Can you imagine? The last time we talked together in person like this was five weeks ago. Five weeks ago, we were portable as a church. We meet at BF Terry High School, and we weren't able to meet there, but we have a dream center just down the road. And so the, the, the conditions of meeting were lessened, but we could meet those criteria at the dream center. So we went into a ton of services at the dream center, and I'm like, hey, you know, hopefully we'll be able to meet next week. It has been five weeks. Honk if you have missed seeing your brothers and sisters for five weeks. It's like, what? Now... I don't know about you, I, I was hoping 
that this would be done by Easter. You know, I was like, God, we're going to be able to get together by Easter, and it's not done. And so yet here we are in the midst of this physical distancing, and we're saying, look, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know the God that holds tomorrow. And as long as there is breath in our lungs, whether we broadcast through the internet, whether we come together in a parking lot, we're going to continue to glorify God and raise the name of Jesus and see lives touched and changed. And so... People would say, well, pastor, what does it look like? What is, what is, what is next week or next month? I don't, I don't know what it looks like, but I do know this, that no matter what it looks like, we're going to reach people. We're going to bring hope to the hopeless. We're going to see those that are lost come to know Jesus, and we're going to reach our city. One of the things I love about today, our outreach team, thank you to everyone, Second Mile, all the partners that we have for getting bags of groceries to those that are desperate. Someone say, why would you do that? Because we're not just a church with outreach we're a church of outreach that means we this is who we are so everything we're doing we're going to reach our city with the hope of the gospel and the helping hands that people need in this time and so i'm just so honored to pastor an amazing church i want to welcome those of you that maybe this is your first experience with anchor bend uh, i think we're rosenberg and richmond's best kept secret come on honk if you agree with me uh, i i think that God is doing some amazing things. There are a lot of other great churches, no doubt. But I'm just telling you, I believe God is doing something. And I'm so thrilled to have the opportunity to just speak to those of you that you're here today. And you said, look, I heard there was a Sunday of hope and I just need hope. I want you to know you're in the right place. Maybe you said, I just need to get out of my house. Come on, honk if this is the first time you've gotten out of your house in a week. Come on, I can't hear you in the overflow. Yeah, how how many, this is the first time. All right, let me ask you this, ladies. Honk, if this is the first time you put on makeup in a week. Come on, let me see you in overflow. Yeah, I I can't hear you. There you, uh uh-huh. Yeah, (laughs) how many, hey, honk if you Googled adoption agencies for your kids. (laughs) Come on, you... (laughs) How many of you, I want to hear this, honk if you have Googled marriage counseling through teleconferencing, Zoom, come on, (laughs) right, I I, I think what we're saying is, man, we're in some times and days that we have never imagined what happened, listen, if you remember in January, we started a brand new series, that series was called Moving Forward. And so I felt the Lord really speak to us as a church that this is our year to move the vision of God forward, the plans of God forward in our church and in our lives. And I've never taught a 10 to 12 week series and that's what I did at the beginning of the year. It was all about moving forward. Job 17, 9 says the righteous keep moving forward. And I believe it's God's plans for us to move forward. And so I was declaring it, speaking it. Look, our lives are moving forward. Our thinking should be forward. Our talking should be forward. Our habits should be forward. And then we find ourselves here, and, and I can imagine you're like, Pastor, 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 did you miss it? Come on, honk if you thought Pastor might have missed it. I get it. I got it. Because let me tell you, if I had a horn, I'd be honking. And do you know what the Lord spoke to me? He said, just because you can't see it, just because you can't feel it, just because it doesn't look like it on the, the, the world around us, that I'm moving regardless of what it looks like and feels like and think. 
And so I just, I said, okay, God, listen, I got it. And I felt the Lord, if you remember, don't forget the word that I spoke to us in, in that time when we talked about, look, sometimes to go forward, you have to be willing to go backwards. Like our forward doesn't look like God's forward. That we say, hey God, I, I thought you gave us a dream and a vision and, and that this is what you spoke into us. And God said, yes, absolutely. That's the destination. Do you mind if I redirect your life to get you where you need to be my way and not your way? I thought about it. Remember, think, think, I, I took a trip a couple of years ago, about, about seven years back, and I'll never forget this trip. I was flying from Dallas to California. And so we get to the airport, get to the ticket counter, and lo and behold, we missed the flight. I had an important meeting. I had to be in California, and I'm stuck in Dallas, and so I'm talking to the, the agent at the ticket counter, and I'm like, ma'am, listen, we've got to get to California. I've got people that are waiting on us. We've got this, this, this event, and, and we just got to make it. She started t typing into the computer. She said, well, hold on, sir, just wait a second. Ma'am, come on, kid. Okay, hold on one second. And she said, sir, Mr. Kyles, we, we have a flight that'll get you there, but you're going to have to be redirected to Atlanta. And so if I can fly you to Atlanta, then I'll take you from Atlanta to California. And so though it wasn't the direct flight that I was hoping for, the direct flight I thought I was going to get onto, they redirected me to Atlanta, which is going backwards instead of forwards to California. And lo and behold, I made it. I believe that's a picture of what happens in our life. That God's given us this vision, this word. Our whole word for this year is forward. Scream in your car like you're crazy and say forward, forward, forward. Come on. Yeah, yeah, forward. Tell forward. That's right. I want to hear you in the overflow. Come on, let me hear you. That, yeah. Forward. And so here we are. God, we're going forward. But to go forward, sometimes you have to be willing to go what looks like you're going backwards. The coronavirus, this pandemic, this social isolation, this physical isolation, it feels like you're going backwards. It feels like God's not there. It can feel like there's no control. And the reality is this, God's not afraid of the coronavirus. God was not surprised by the coronavirus. God is not concerned that it is greater than him. He says, listen, what the enemy meant to destroy, what the enemy meant for evil, I'm going to turn it around. And though he meant to destroy and steal and to kill, John 10.10 10 says that I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. That God is greater than any situation. God is greater than anything that the enemy could bring. And we choose to focus on God. He's redirecting our lives. Think, think, think about yourself. You know, here we are, and I'm telling you, I've been on the phone with many of you, talking and crying and laughing and weeping. We've gone up and down. It's almost like a roller coaster ride. And I'm praying for every one of you, but it's, it's here we're hearing these conversations like, Pastor, I lost my job. And that's a real pain. I, I've been furloughed. Many of you, Pastor, we've been furloughed working in the oil and gas industry. You know, so, so you didn't lose your job, but you lost some of your income. And here's what I think that we've got to make sure we're looking at is that for us, some, I, I talked to one of them and he said, listen, I got laid off. He said, but Pastor, your word was forward this year and I've had a God idea. I've had a creative business that I've been wanting to spend time on. And so though they let me go, I realized God is in control. So I put my extra time 
time in developing that dream you place on the inside of me. So it looks like I'm going backwards, but pastor, I'm not going backwards. I'm choosing to use this time to move the vision, to move the plan, to move the purpose of God in my life forward. <laughs> Think about all the, all the mamas and the single daddies you, I, my heart goes out. I got four kids. And so you see my kids right over here, and I love them dearly. And so now Phyllis is now the, the teacher extraordinaire. She is the email checker to get all the logistics from all the schools and all the teachers. And she's the principal, and she's the homemaker, and she's having to do everything that she was not expecting to do. And think about this. We had a conversation just the other night. She said, you know, it's crazy. I never thought I'd be back homeschooling the kids. She said, but if I'm honest, a couple of months ago, I was asking God, God, would you give me a way to reconnect with the kids? God, would you give me a way to dive into the lives, to find out their hurts and their, their triumphs, to really connect with them? And she said, what I don't want to do is I don't want to allow this time to be missed because I'm sitting here complaining about them not being in school. I want to look forward and say God you are not surprised and though this is not what I would have picked or decided for myself I choose to use this time to move our family and our kids and our relationships forward there's been a redirection I mean think about think about the whole process of church I mean five weeks ago we were meeting face to face and you know our team we do a live stream but it's definitely not like a television program we're only seven years old so we're working to develop this but we had literally four days to develop a, a process so that we could present a a service and I don't even like to say service but an experience that people could have in their homes we didn't have a whole lot of time and we're thinking God it's so hard but who would have ever imagined to have a parking lot full of people sitting here on a Sunday of hope that would have never walked through the door experiencing the power of God, the presence of God, and the life-changing miracle that God brings to their life. And the thousands of people that are watching online every week, who would have imagined? See, it wasn't what I was planning for, but God was redirecting the steps of our church. And can you think about this? That the platform that the world has used to sell the American dream, Instagram, Facebook, that whole pseudo life, the fake life. You know what I mean? Nobody posts that bad hair day. Come on, somebody. Nobody posts that moment you just got in a fight with your spouse, right? We post our best not our worst so it's a fake life false life that really causes people to feel worse have you ever felt better about yourself when you got on social media and yet here God of heaven has flipped it upside down through this national, international pandemic, he said the tool the enemy would use to try to bring strife and division, the tool the enemy would use to cause people to feel worse about themselves, I'm going to use those platforms as a foundation to spread the gospel to people that would never walk through the door of a church. They would have never gone to our websites. They would have never gone to our campuses. And now they're desperate for hope. And you have those people scrolling on Facebook. They're looking for hope and lo and behold you got a watch party. You ain't never hosted a watch party. You didn't even know you could have a watch party. You just got on and you hosted and they're scrolling through and now they saw your watch party and the hope of God invaded their lives. Their lives. Right there. Imagine 
They couldn't come to church, but because of God's goodness, we're bringing church to them. Isn't that amazing how God will redirect things? And I want us to be careful that this waiting season doesn't become a wasted season. I don't want this waiting season. Look, we're waiting for schools to open back up. We're waiting for the mall. Come on, who's ready for the mall to open back up? Come on. How how many are ready to dine in a restaurant? Like, I just want to sit down in a restaurant. You know, we're waiting for society to come back. We're waiting for churches to open up. We're waiting. And this is what I know. Though God has promised us that this is the year of forward, there are seasons where you have to wait. And that waiting is not passive that waiting is active it's saying God I choose to be a part of this I choose to be engaged and I'm not going to let this season be wasted in my life I think the way we see something and the way we view it causes us to experience it in a different way you're you're when when you look at this coronavirus I, I have a concern because I don't know that we were prepared for it like we could have been or should have been. Nobody really thought, if if you think about this, it has been, I counted them yesterday, 35 days since we last saw each other face to face. 35 days. That's a long time. That's five weeks. And so what will happen in this time of waiting, we will waste what God wants to do because we're not intentional. And we've got to make sure that we're intentional in this season. I want to give you three thoughts. Three thoughts to help us be intentional so that at the end of this, someone say, Pastor, when's it going to end? I don't know. When are we going to gather back together? I don't know. I can tell you we're gathering right now that even though it looks different, even though it feels different, we are going to continue to stay connected. Though we are physically distant, we don't have to be spiritually or socially distant. And I don't want to lose this moment. I want us to get to the end of this and not have any regret. I don't want to get to the end of this and say, I wish I would have. I wish we we could have. Why didn't we? I I don't want to do that. I want to say, God, it was uncomfortable. God, it was painful. God, there are some things that have shifted. But at the end of this, we're right in position for the word that you gave us at the beginning of the year. That this church and our lives and this community, we are moving forward. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We are moving forward. The God of hope is saying, forward. So... Here's, here's my first thought. Your view determines your response. Your view determines your response. You remember a couple of months ago when I was sharing on a Sunday when we were gathering at BF Terry. I talked about Numbers chapter 13 verse 14. And I'm not going to read all of the chapters for time's sake. I recognize you got kids in the car. Some of you, I got it. Pastor's on speed preaching right now. I'm going to get it. Look, But it's the story of the 12 spies. And if you remember what happened in this story, God was taking the children of Israel into the promised land. They'd come out of Egyptian slavery. Moses was leading them. There was a three-year preparation process. Moses goes up to the mountain. He gets the Ten Commandments. They've got the law. They're putting the priest and the worship order, all of that in order. And so now they're on the border of this wilderness, about to cross into the promised land. And Moses says, I'm going to take 12 men, leaders 
leaders of the tribe and I want you to go into the enemy territory and I want you to spy it out. Now, one of the things you will not find in there, he didn't ask them to give an opinion as to whether they could take the land. God already said they could take the land. Why are you asking people, do you think my business will move forward? Do you think my family can get better? Do you think my kids are going to be okay? God has already spoken. He said, forward. Your life is going to make it. You're going to continue to. Those dreams, those visions. Listen, I, I just, you know, I was thinking, for, for those of you that don't know, I, I'm thrilled about today because that building right over there, the old tractor supply company, we close on that property in the next 45 days. That is our building. The money is in the bank. We already have approval. That is our property. Ha! Come on. It'll take us 10 months to rehab that. And to be in there having services. But there was a point. Banks are backing out. Saying I don't know about terms. We like you. You're, you're solid. You got the money in the bank. But we just. There are uncertain times. But I want you to know this. I asked Phyllis. I said do you think we can do it? And God spoke to me. He said I gave you a word. Jeremiah 32 27. Is there anything impossible for me? Why are you asking someone's opinion? Why are you trying to get someone's thoughts? I said yeah. Come on, God. You said it. I believe it. I don't have to ask nobody. And I want you to know this. The moment I did that, the next day, the bank came back with terms. They looked at our giving and our finances. And I want you to know, church, our giving hasn't gone down. It's gone up. Our church is not weaker. We're stronger. And so they looked at that and they said, well, my God, there's money in the bank. You guys are growing. Money is coming in. for." And so they just said, it's done. So 45, I just want you to know, 45 days, that 45 days we're closing on that property. And it's amazing. But the point, Moses didn't ask their opinion, hey, go tell us if you can beat this giant. He wanted them to go into the land so that they could create a plan to defeat the enemy. Not an opinion as to whether or not. And so you have 10 spies that came back with a negative report. They're too great. We can't do it. You got Joshua and Caleb, two of them. How many know all it takes is two? I don't do it by myself. I need someone to come alongside with me. But if I got someone else to stand in faith, we can move the vision of God forward. And I want you to see, look in Numbers 13, 32 through 33, two different views they created two different outcomes. Verse 32, it says, they spread this bad report. So now the leaders are in front of Moses. They're in front of the Israelites. And they're spreading a bad report among the Israelites. So in other words, they're gossiping. It says, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Their view was that my God is not big enough. They didn't believe that God could do what he said he could do. They were looking at themselves. We look like grasshoppers. Listen, baby, I don't care if I look like a grasshopper. My God is bigger than any giant. I don't care about what it is for me <laughs> and so they gossiped 
They spread these rumors that God's not big enough. And listen, it's because they were the leaders of their tribe. It's important leaders to guard your mouth. What you say matters. Your words create the world that you live in. You are today what you spoke yesterday. You will be tomorrow what you speak today. I want to talk to the business owners. I want to talk to those of you in political influence. We've got to declare the truth of God. There has never been a time where this nation and people are looking for godly leadership. Men and women that will rise up from the ashes that refuse to be intimidated. That refuse to back down. The world has tried it their way and it hasn't worked. So if we would stand up and say my God is bigger than this. My what God would do. And that's the response of Caleb and Joshua. Look at verse 9 of chapter 14. It says, so they're talking to the people. This is a different view. Don't rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people or of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Where the others saw a small God, Caleb and Joshua saw a big God. They weren't focused on themselves. They were focused on God himself. And knowing that, it didn't matter what kind of an enemy they had to face, that God was on their side. And when God is on your side, God plus you is always more than enough. We've got to be careful how we view this social distancing and this coronavirus pandemic. If you see it as an inconvenience, you're going to complain. But if you see this as an opportunity, you're going to say, God, I know businesses have closed, but you're the God of birthing new things. And Lord, I'm asking you to give me ideas, creative inventions. In fact, I want to release the anointing of creativity, the ability to come up with God ideas from heaven. Lord, I pray that ears would be open, that hearts would be open, that this is a time for not good strategies, but God strategies. Lord, we thank you for an ear to heaven and a heart to receive and the power to do what you're asking. I'm praying for God to give somebody in our church an idea that will revolutionize church. I'm praying for God to give us an idea about business that will revolutionize business, the way we connect. And I believe that God would speak to us in that way. Why? Because this is an opportunity. Second thought is this, a crisis doesn't build character, it reveals character. Doesn't build character, it reveals character. Sometimes we can say, listen, I, I, this is building character. And we know really what this is doing is it's revealing the character that we already have in our life. When you talk about the ten spies, when they were complaining, when they were being negative, when they were slandering, when they had a small-mindedness, it wasn't because they went up against big obstacles and giants and a big enemy. That was already inside of them, and so the situation exposed what was already there. And yet you have Joshua and Caleb, and these two come together. They're full of boldness. They're full of courage. They're full of faith. They already, you could tell, they knew their God. He delivered us from Egypt. He's taken care of us in the wilderness and he's going to move us forward into the promised land but what was there was being exposed not built on and so we have to make sure that we have a strong foundation that can be built upon and I thought about how do you how do you have a great foundation how do you have the right character well you develop character through good habits it's what you do. That's how you develop character. It's in the things that I do day in and day out. And here's my concern. 
If I could just be real candid with you, as your pastor, this is what keeps me up at night. I think that we underestimated in many ways the impact of the coronavirus, that it's not just a physical sickness, but I wonder if as believers and Christians that it is unintentionally reshaping and redeveloping the habits that we have in our lives. That we thought it was only two weeks. Look, it wasn't going to be that long. It was just, just, just a couple of, of weeks. And so what do we do? We relaxed our disciplines that got us to where we are. Look about it. When, when you're doing Zoom meetings and how many, come on, let me get a honk from the overflow. If you did a Zoom meeting in shorts, but a dress shirt. Come on, I know. How, how many of you were in pajama pants, yoga pants, and you had a blouse dress top on? You, you know what I mean? So, so we're unintentionally. How many of you have binged on at least, I want, I want to hear a honk, at least one Netflix series? Just one. Yeah. And, and how many of you have slept in a little bit more than you would normally sleep in? How many of you have? How many of you have have uh, eaten bad things that you would have never eaten before? Yep. Now here's a good habit. How many of you have worked out more now than you did before? Whoa. Okay. So what we see is that these decisions that we're making daily and I have to tell you I hadn't made great decisions I worked out every week three to five times a week for three years when I turned 40 I was like man I gotta whoo 40 did something how many had that Dunlop disease your belly Dunlopped over your belt that's the COVID bod so I decided when I was 40 I was gonna work out now I have to tell you and if I'm just pretty honest and, and candid and I haven't worked out at all except one time we did a Zoom, a Zoomer size with Dwayne. And in that Zoomer size, I lasted for about seven minutes and then I was sore for about a week. But I found myself not even having the desire to work out. And that's what began to shape my, I'm like, okay, well, that's not good. And, and then what I realized, there's a tendency to pull away from God and not to God. And so I think that as believers, we got to go back and evaluate our habits because the habits you form today will determine the life you live tomorrow. Whatever habits you're forming today, that's going to determine the life that you live moving forward into tomorrow. And some of you developed great habits, and now we're into week five of this coronavirus, and instead of getting closer to God, you're getting away from God. So think about even in relationships. When this first started, I had several people say, I don't know how to Zoom. Look, we got a great, great representation in the Dell Webb community. And I had a couple of them call and say, hey, listen, I don't know about the Zoom. I, I just don't know. Well, that was week one. Okay. Week two. Okay. But now we're five weeks in. And so where people were gathering together because we're not a church with small groups. We're a church of small groups. Not because we're trying to give people something to do, but because we know that healing comes in the context of relationship according to James chapter five. And so we have built a life around relationships. And now here we are this five weeks into Corona and, and physical isolation, but we're not zooming. We're not getting into the small group. And then the enemy, like Owen said, comes in like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And you've got this isolation happening, not only physically, but relationally. And he comes and he wants to pick us all off. And how did it start? It, how it started 
All because of the habits that begin to form in our life through this. Here's the third thing. Relationships determine your destiny. Relationships. Look at Proverbs 27, 19. It says, a mirror reflects a man's faith, face, but what he is really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. I mean, when I look at Joshua and Caleb, I'm very blessed. I got a twin brother. He's right there. Steve, if you love Pastor Steve, everybody give a hump. You know, him and Stephanie and our family, the reason why this church was even birthed. He led worship and I preached. Talk, talk about confusing people. They're like, oh, pastor's a one-man band. I'm like, no, bro, that's my, that's my twin. And what I love about being a twin is that no matter what we've walked through in life, I've got somebody that's got my back. In fact, he sat here in the first service and he's like, hey, here's a few things. What about this? And how do we make sure that this? And, and so he's thinking about it. And I've got a brother in arms, someone that's linking arms with me. And I love that about Joshua and Caleb. They didn't need 10 people. They didn't need seven people. Sometimes all you need is that one person that will grab you when you're down and say, come on, you can do it. You can make it. I know it's hard, but we're moving forward. And I'm going to pick you up. And I'm going to carry, carry you wherever you need to go. How many know a good friend will chastise you too? Tell you when you're not doing so well. Some of you got offended at one of your good friends. You, you want to hang out with people that tell you what you like to hear. I don't like that. I don't want to hang out. I want someone that'll say no. Don't do that. They challenge your heart. Why? Because they're not worried about my comfort. They're worried about my destiny. I was on a call just this week with my pastor. And as 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 a leader in our community, as a leader in our church, there's a heavy weight that comes. With the reality of shifting circumstances. And there's this, it's like, I don't know, I hadn't been there, so I'm listening to God. And you got all these voices. And I text my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges. And I just said, hey, I just, I got a question. I just, I can't see clearly. I, I, I think I know what to do, but I really need your help. He said, call me. Two hours, set at a time. Spent just, just, I told Phyllis, so refreshing to have someone that doesn't rush you off the phone, doesn't tell you what you want to hear, but tells you what you need to hear and is there to help you. I, I surround myself with people like that. Jeremy Foster's my best friend. Josh Joins, best friend. You know, I got Brandon Barber. I think everybody ought to have five people in your life, some above you, some right there with you, that you're just pouring your heart into and they're pouring their heart into you. And, the, and so, so my point is, I'm not leading this by myself. If I was leading this church, and what I believe is a movement all about Jesus, couldn't do it by myself. But I can do it with a Caleb. I can do it with a brother as we pursue forward and move forward. The 10 spies, I don't know if you know this, and I'm wrapping up. The 10 spies that stayed in the muck and the mire in their dysfunction 
because it's comfortable. Speaking of that, some of you need to cut off your friends. Some of you need to cut off that Debbie Downer. I know they've been your best friend, but the problem is every time you're around them, they speak negativity. I need somebody that speaks the word of God. I don't want to hear your opinion. I need God's opinion. I need the voice of heaven in my life. So they have these 10 guys and they're leaders of the tribe. I don't know if you know this. A million people were unable to go into the promised land because of the decision and the attitude and the words of 10 people. A million, it's estimated a million Israelites, the entire generation missed the promised land that God had given to them, declared it for them, and had even prepared the victory. And some of you are allowing your friends to pull you down and God's saying, listen, you're not fighting for yourself. It's not about your comfort. It's about the generations that are coming after you. It's about your family. It's about your business. It's about your community. It's about something that's greater than just you. And we've got to look past our own pain as real as it is and say, God, I'm ready just like Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says let us consider how to stir one another up not pull each other down but lift people up listen i celebrate all the churches that are accelerating the vision we love river point i met with pastor kelly many times we love the churches joe sanders right over here sanctuary church we're not in competition with the sanctuary we are a body we are called to move and advance the kingdom of god together and we're going to fight together we're going to see this region reached by the power of god and it's because we have chosen to glorify jesus and not a logo and not an ego. I don't care if you don't remember my name. I want you to remember Jesus. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one that is to be lifted up high and to be magnified and worshiped. Listen, there's no testimony without a test. There's no victory without a battle. And I get it. Look, I'm, I'm telling you, I have wept with many of you on the phone. It didn't have been easy. Nobody's minimizing the pain. But what I want us to do is can we redirect the pain that causes us to focus inward and redirect that to the hope that God offers. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope. Hope. Oh, I get it, Pastor. It's a Sunday of hope. But the hope doesn't come because we just gather together. That's an event. This isn't an event. This is a church. And where the body of believers come together, he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. The reason there is hope is not because we're sitting in a parking lot. The reason there is hope is because Jesus is being lifted high and we serve a God that is full of hope. I want to caution you when people feel pain there's really three options number one we mask the pain well, what do you mean we binge watch on Netflix 
we get busy with building projects and I'm not saying any of these things are bad in and of themselves but my challenge is are we just masking the pain Phyllis and I had to have a real heart to heart conversation we were talking about our kids and I'm just going to be real transparent so we're talking and this whole coronavirus and listen I want all of our kids to know listen your pastor loves you I am thinking about you I am praying for you I know it hadn't been easy it doesn't make sense but God loves you just like he loves your parents the teenager listen my heart breaks I'm so grateful for Owen he's our new youth pastor come on how many love Owen so great God brought him at the right time and so Phyllis and I here we are we're having this real conversation I'm like baby we're like they're just she said there's some some things that I'm seeing and I said yeah I get it I know but but the reality is if this had not happened the coronavirus had not happened physical isolation had not happened those faults fault lines cracks in our family would not have been exposed why because we're so busy why we go to work we go out to the movies we go to church we're serving we're doing all these things but now is the time not to mask the pain but to say listen this is what I'm seeing this is what I'm hearing this is what I'm feeling so God it doesn't reveal your character so I need a plan so instead of masking the pain with business now we're saying God I'm inviting you the God who can heal this pain into this situation why because it's an opportunity we're not going backwards per se we're moving forward I know it doesn't look like it I know it doesn't feel like it but God he is moving our lives forward our families forward my other concern you know it's easy also not only to mask the pain but to numb the pain what is it that you're doing that is numbing the pain that you're feeling in your life you know you gotta you gotta deal with it it's like hey god i'm i'm maybe it's drugs maybe it's alcohol maybe it's pornography look if i if i can do those things then what happens is it masks the pain of my life and this is not a season for us to numb the pain or mask the pain this is a season for us to say god my third option my best option the only option is that god when i'm feeling pain i'm not going to mask it i'm not going to numb it but i'm going to go to the god of heaven who can heal it this is a time for healing in our lives that god you would heal our families that you would heal our marriages that you would heal our churches that you would heal our cities that you would heal our nation that God you would heal our world as we come back to you the God of healing and the source of hope I want